SeatGeek is the easiest way to find the best deals on tickets to pretty much any live event. Concerts, sports, theater, comedy, whatever you want. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code SEATS to save $20 on your first purchase. Welcome back to the Sportsbeat KC podcast. This is Jesse Newell, KUB reporter for the Kansas City Star. CJ Moore has the week off this week. We're going to let him continue to work on that project that uh, KU fans will be very interested in coming up over the next month or two when that's finally released. But uh, excited to have on the podcast to talk some KU recruiting right before late night, Matt Scott of theshiver.com as part of the 24-7 Sports Network. Matt, how you doing? Doing well. How are you, Jesse? Doing great, and uh, obviously recruiting is always a topic on everybody's minds, especially when it comes to late night. Uh, it seems to be one of the biggest nights of the year for, for KU and trying to get people in and get them interested about the program. So uh, first off, I just want to talk to you in general, kind of the, the general philosophy of recruiting at late night and kind of what you think KU, KU's program uh, is doing this year in particular. It seems like maybe a few fewer people are on for official visits, and I just wondered maybe the general overall philosophy for KU staff as they're looking at late night visitors this year. Yeah, you're right. There are fewer official visitors, and a big reason for that is when you have a number of official visitors for one night or one weekend, well, you got there's only a few coaches, so you're divvying up your time uh, between all of those guys. And when you have less official visitors, you're able to spend a lot more quality time with those guys that are official visiting, uh, officially visiting for that weekend, uh, which certainly helps. You know, for this particular uh, weekend for late night, you have Zion Williamson, who we have at 24/7 uh, Sports as the number one player in the country. He's composite on 24/7. Uh, sports number two, which is where we take all of the recruiting service and uh, really take an average of where the ranking is. So uh, either way, you're talking about one of the top players in the country who's going to be officially visiting. And David McCormack, who we all got to uh, know that we had the commitment from, uh, who unofficially visited uh, about a month ago and, of course, is now back for his official visit uh, just shortly after he committed to Kansas earlier this week. Yeah, so looking at that, I mean, I think we can all basically take uh, a very good uh, assumption off of that, which is if the tw- two 2018 official visitors on campus are one guy that has been committed and then Zion Williamson, I would say that the staff might be showing uh, a little bit of extra time and attention to Zion, which, again, if he's the number two player in the composite, that, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I, my guess is that they will be constantly walking behind him singing the Rock Chalk Jam. Could be, for sure. <laughs> get, get in his head. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, that's obviously they're going to spend a lot of time with him and, and his family and, and show them everything that they can about Kansas and, and about the Kansas basketball program and and uh, obviously hoping to, to land him. He's, he's certainly a difference maker, that's for sure. Yeah, can you briefly go over him? Because he's a guy that's already had an article read about him in Sports Illustrated. And KU over the past, you know, I mean, if you look at the past decade, decade under Bill Self, Landing these big-time wings has been something that KU has been pretty successful with. You know, you look at Josh Jackson, you look at Andrew Wiggins, you look at Kelly Oubre. It seems like in the past this has been a type of recruit that Bill Self and his staff have had some success with. I think, if I remember right, I think the total since Rush is five top 15 picks in the NBA draft at the wing position for Coach Self. That sounds right. If I remember right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and what's funny is this summer I actually heard um, uh, a, a a coach, assistant coach uh, uh, for another school it, it was like, Kansas really isn't known for developing wings. And I just looked at him like, are you out of your mind? And uh, because they, Kansas gets, people t- try to say it's a point guard and, and big man school, but 
they get a lot of those those players certainly, but they also get a lot of great wings as we've seen. And, and with a guy like Zion, who could not only play the three, but uh, could certainly move around to different spots, uh, has the chance to be able to defend multiple positions as well. Um, Kansas would be a great fit for him uh, to develop under Coach Self for that one year, and, and uh, which I would think one year. And uh, you know, and they certainly have the track record to show. Look, we've had great wings here, and they've all done well. Yeah, they display their services or display their talents for sure. I mean, I can remember, you know, previous stories talking about when uh, Andrew Wiggins was on campus. You know, they were featuring plays for Kelly Oubre, and those guys usually get a lot of athletic plays, dunks, plays run for them, that sort of thing. So, again, KU has featured those guys. Uh, I can't believe somebody told you that KU has been a point guard university. That I mean, that is totally a, a Frank Mason-led thing, right? I mean, that hasn't yeah, – I've I, I always heard had, the big I mean, man I, thing. I thought it was pretty funny. I, I, I actually laughed when he said it, but – um, and the, the great thing that nobody thinks about too with Zion is having Josh last year really benefits Kansas here because Josh really played. I mean, sometimes in one game, Jesse, you would remember he played the one through four. And uh, when you got somebody like Zion who can do similar things, uh, that's really a great selling point, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that game. It was at the Sprint Center where he came off a, a pick and roll and then slung a pass to Svee with his left hand. You know, Bill Self was calling that one of the most impressive passes that KU had all season. But like you said, then he was guarding Caleb Swanigan and shutting him down in the Sweet 16. So you saw a lot of versatility yep. from Josh Jackson in that one year. Again, we're talking with Matt Scott of 24-7 Sports uh, and also the Shiver.com. Well, let's, let's before we get to the 2019 guys, let's go over just quickly kind of an overview of the 2018 class because you talked about, okay, KU has signed David McCormack. KU has signed Silvio D'Souza, or not signed, gotten commitments from those guys. And then you look mm-hmm. at the other guys that they're coming in that will be eligible, the two Lawson brothers who are already on campus, and then Charlie Moore, point guard. So there mm-hmm. could be a lot of spots opening up. I mean, we know this. It's kind of unknown right now, but you think, you know, Malik Newman, even LaGerald Vick I've seen on draft boards, uh, Yudoka Azabuki, Billy mm-hmm. Preston. There's a lot of maybe unknowns out there. So KU could have some scholarships opening up. But at this point, what do you think the main – uh, I guess the main need is for this 2018 class for KU, looking at what they already have locked up. Well, for Kansas, first of all, you have to assume that you're going to lose everyone. Uh, you, at least you have to recruit that way. Um, so you have to recruit like you're going to lose six your top six guys. Um, and, and if you don't, that's where you can really get caught and be trying to scramble uh, late in the game. So at, with Devontae Graham and Malik Newman, Malik most likely being gone after this year and Devontae, of course, the graduation. Um, that would leave you with Charlie Moore in the backcourt. We, you know, we all know you've you got to have more than one guard. Usually. Uh, so to me, that is, that, that, that's the big need position. Um, you know, whether it's a, a great true combo guard like Quentin Grimes, um, Devon Dotson, both would be fantastic. Um, then, of course, uh, Romeo Lankford, who you could say is a, sweet, a shooting guard or a small forward. Um, I kind of just call him a dude. Uh, that's a dude to me that can play any of the perimeter spots, as is Quentin Grimes. Um, so if you get any kind of combination or you get all of those guys and you add a Zion with, uh, you, you know, with, with uh, David and, and uh, Silvio and obviously the Lawson brothers and Charlie, you're looking at a very, very title-worthy team in my opinion. Yeah, and I think this brings up a good point, too. I, you know, a lot of fans will look at the 2018 list, uh, the official visitors this weekend, and say, well, you know, where are the guards? Where are those guys? But KU stands in pretty good position with those three guys you mentioned, even if they're not visiting campus during late night this weekend. I, I mean, am I, am I, well, am I saying that correctly? Well, that goes back to what we talked about. 
Yeah, that goes back to what we talked about. Why would you have them all on campus the same weekend when you can't spend as much time with them, right? Exactly, yeah. Uh, which is exactly what would happen. So they've already had Devon Dodson in, who's actually at Maryland this weekend. Uh, Quentin Grimes comes in on the 13th, um, and he's at Kentucky this weekend. And I know that there were reports that he was going to late night. That, that was No, none of that was ever really what was going on. He always had planned to come in. Uh, he might he, before the Kentucky visit got scheduled. He might have come up here unofficially, uh, but he'd always planned to official um, on his own, obviously to to spend as much time as he can. And then, of course, you have Romeo Langford that's coming in at the end of October um, to visit as well. All right, Matt. Let's go over some of these 2019 guys that are going to be in the house. Uh, Zach Harvey, a local kid, another local kid actually too. Jeremiah Robinson Earl. James Wiseman, Marquise Jacobs, who obviously committed to KU a year ago. I just feel like he should be on campus. He committed so long ago. It's kind of crazy to think that there's still you know a couple years to go before he's a Jayhawk. Uh, Malik Hall. Yeah, still a while. Yeah, exactly. Samuel, Samuel Williamson and then Chandler Lawson. Uh, out of those guys, pick a couple and just uh, tell me about their status with KU and kind of the recruitment there. Well, first of all, the local guys, you got Zach Harvey. Um, and you got Jeremiah Robinson Earl. They are AAU teammates with uh, the Kansas City Run GMC. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, to me, to me, in my opinion, is a top 15 player in the class. He's a rebounding machine. Um, he's got a lot of skill. Of course, we all know he's the son of Lester Earl. Um, who, if you remember right before he got injured, uh, was one of the most freakish athletes you've seen on a basketball court. I uh, still have the number two ranked. I still have that Go magazine ahead. somewhere. That it listed, you know, it was way back in the day, but those college basketball magazines you get, and that was basically the only recruiting services or you know, one of the few ones that I would look at at the time back from whatever yeah. it was, 98 or 99. And I still remember the number one rated recruit in that class. Do you know who it was? I, I'm, I'm Kobe putting on this Kobe Bryant, number two, Lester Earl. Lester Earl. I mean, so that, that to yeah. me, that puts in perspective what Lester was before all the knee injuries. But I'm sorry, go ahead, carry on. Yep. Well, as Rachel Friends probably still has nightmares of getting dunked on in the Maui Invitational by by uh, Lester when he was still at freak, LSU. Freak athlete, uh, yes, freak athlete. Yeah, freak athlete. Well, Jeremiah has that athletic ability, but he also is very, very skilled. Very, his skill level right now is well past what Lester had uh, ever, and that's really what sets him apart. Six nine, two hundred twenty. Uh, we have him as the uh, top 17 player. He's the number 17 uh, player in the class. He's number 19 composite. Um, and I would certainly think that's going to move up as we go through the next year. Um, but Kansas sits pretty pretty comfortable with him. Uh, obviously, being local, they get to see him a lot. And, um, they you know, saw him a couple times this fall doing workouts or into summer, in early falls doing workouts. And, of course, they'll see him a lot during the basketball season. Same with Zach. Zach is a, a, a 6'4", uh, really improved his jump shot, uh, really got a lot more athletic over the last year as well. Uh, we have a number 34 in our composite. I think he'll probably take a look around at a lot of schools um, and may end up being coming back to Kansas, but Kansas certainly uh, sits very well with him. You know, we have our crystal ball at 75%, have him going to Kansas right now. Uh, but Zach is somebody that the program is definitely certainly familiar with, and he's very familiar with the program. So it never hurts to have two top guys in your backyard uh, because, as you know, in the state of Kansas, we don't really have a lot of that um, uh, here in the state of Kansas. You know, it's, it's maybe a year here or a year there. But actually right now and over the next couple of years, we have a huge influx 
of talent in the state uh, with Jeremiah and you have Zach and you have Malik Hall who's down at Sunrise. Uh, he's originally from California but uh, spent a lot of time in Chicago as well before coming to Sunrise in Wichita. And then in 2020, you have possibly the number one overall player when we get to that, you know, when we get to closer to 2020. Um, definitely, he's like a walking NBA lottery pick in, in Folly Dante, um, who is at, also at Sunrise Academy in class of 2020, who will be at late night as well. Um, but, and then, of course, you got with the Lawsons here, you got Chandler Lawson coming. Um, you know, up from Memphis, and you have his younger brother Jonathan, who's in the class of 2021, coming as well. Yeah, well, that's and again, that's a lot, of, a lot of people coming, and that's interesting. Is there any reason for this influx of Kansas talent? I know the Sunrise thing is a a little bit different. You know, they kind of do their, it's sort of like recruiting to that school. You know, we we know the Buddy Healed story and things like that. How how some of these kids get to mm-hmm. Sunrise, but you know, you look at Zach Harvey from Topeka area and and Jeremiah Robinson Earl from KC. Is there is there a reason that maybe this has been an influx, or is this just kind of one of those waves where uh, Kansas Kansas City area has just kind of hit on some guys that have been highly ranked? Well, with Zach and Jeremiah, obviously they they just happen to be from here, uh, which helps. But with Sunrise, obviously it's bringing kids in um, to go to the school. And Sunrise actually doesn't really play in the state very much for high school games at all, if any. Uh, they do some scrimmages and stuff, stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's just way. And I haven't even got to you got Ty Barry, um, who's from Newton, Kansas, um, who's going to be one of the top point guards in the class of 2020. Um, and you have uh, KT Ramey, who's in 2020 as well, from Olathe East. Um, and then you have uh, Jackson Johnson, who is going to be a name that everyone will know in the class of 2021, who's from Wichita as well. Yeah, it's just kind of crazy that, uh, you know, I, I think one of the big recruiting, I don't want to say disadvantages, but one of the big challenges for Bill Self is that when he was at Illinois, you know, there's always that two or three kids that are in Chicago, and it feels like okay, these kids. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not a slam dunk. You still have to recruit those kids. Illinois has had a lot of problems getting Chicago kids over time, but at least there's mm-hmm. that talent pool that kind of keeps circulating in that area. And sometimes you don't have to go very far to recruit these kids, and it's a drive instead of a flight. And so Bill Self has really overcome that very well at Kansas. I know Kansas is a national brand, but yet you still have to you still have something to overcome there. That there's not just this talent pool replenishing right in your own backyard. You have to go kind of take them from other schools. You have to go go to different places and be good in different places. And so uh, for these guys to be close to home, I, I would have to think for K you that that's just that's that's a positive it's it's better to have these kids close to home and to have have to have other coaches come into your backyard and try to take them away not only that but uh job security having that much talent in your backyard if you land them huh yeah well you'd think so (laughs) and it's gonna be pretty comfortable because that's a lot of talent we're not talking about just guys that are fringe ku players we're talking about legitimate big time basketball players right here in your backyard Sounds good. Well, we're going to take a quick break with Matt Scott of theshiver.com and 24-7 Sports and get get to more recruiting talk right after this. SeatGeek is the easiest way to find the best deals on tickets to pretty much any live event. Concerts, sports, theater, comedy, whatever you want. Download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code SEATS to save $20 on your first purchase. All right, we're back with Matt Scott of 24-7 Sports and theshiver.com. You mentioned a lot of these 2019 guys, Matt. Uh, I guess, you know, we kind of went over them, and you already mentioned them. And then the 2020 and then 2021 visitors, I mean, Jonathan Lawson is the 2021 visitor, and obviously the Lawson brothers are the connection there. But 
I guess, can you explain maybe what happens with those guys? I mean, that seems like a long time down the road for those kids to visit, and it seems like maybe something in the distant, distant future. But uh, what role do those guys play when they get brought to campus? I guess, what does KU do with those kids, and, and how are they treated when it maybe their commitments or their recruitments are a little bit further off? Well, some of it is how much time they can spend on campus. You know, somebody get here right before late night or they get here for the whole day, you know, that, things like that. But it, they're treated just like any other unofficial visitor. Uh, where they, you know, they get a chance to see the facility and, and you know, tour and things like that. Um, you, you know, you, it's different than an official where you don't get to spend as much time and you're not there for the, you know, 48-hour period and things like that. Um, so, but it, they, they'll get treated. And keep in mind, it's class of 2020. It seems really far away, but, you know, we talked about Marquise Jacobs earlier, and he committed this time last year. That's a good point. Uh, right after late night. So uh, you, you, you start to build those relationships early, it can certainly pay off. Especially, you know, we're talking you know, with the number of local guys that we had, maybe you can close them a little early. And uh, you, that helps you later on down the road be able to focus on some other pieces to, to go around them. I, I wanted to ask you about this. and I get a lot of questions about uh, these sort of things regarding late night. You know, Kentucky has kind of famously brought in uh, people to their you know, first basketball practice event and rappers and all this sort of thing. And uh, I, I guess, can you compare or where do you think Kansas stands right now when it comes to recruit experience when it comes to late night? And I guess, how do they stack up in terms of the schools that you want to go visit officially when it comes to this sort of event? Where do you see KU stacking up? What are maybe some of the differences between these schools when you're looking at Kansas, Kentucky, and some of the other top programs? Well, the benefit I have is that I actually am on the road a lot and am around a lot of these guys throughout the summer. And I know some some recruiting guys, they, you know, they don't have that opportunity or they don't go out on the road to 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 you know watch a lot of kids. So I, being around and talking to them, these kids talk to each other. Um, there's guys that have asked me about late night uh, well before I've even brought it up because they've heard it's wild, it's crazy, it's fun, all that kind of fun uh, that stuff. So. Uh, it is, it, it's certainly word of mouth that gets around. Um, but I think that with Kentucky, they, they kind of changed the, it. Really, it started at Memphis when he was there. Um, and a lot of that was just because there were some rappers that were from Memphis. Um, so that helped that. And I think he carried that with him when he went to Kentucky um, and, and started to use that. You know, people can say what they want about Calipari, but that guy's a self-marketing genius, uh, I would have to say. I, but you would agree with that, right? Well, I just always think to the NBA draft. I mean, the guy is always there. He's always on the camera. He's always around <laughs> his players. And what better publicity can you have uh, for a guy that's trying to bring in one-and-done type talent than the biggest day or the most important day of these young athletes' lives that he's right there with them and, and kind of taking in along with the excitement and joy of that day where those guys are getting pro contracts and being selected by NBA teams. And, and that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is get off the camera. This isn't about you. Uh, so it really <laughs> but, but depends see, on the person. But see, that's the skeptic. I mean, exactly. You can say that, but you can't deny that what he's doing, because people are annoyed by that, they're also saying, hey, he's on camera on this night, and it, certainly people will see that. Yeah, and unfortunately, sometimes in recruiting, logic does not apply. <laughs> and people people will take that as, oh, he's the only guy that has one and does and gets him to the league, which is completely not true. Um, it's just that you know, Coach Self is a different guy. He doesn't need to do that. He, 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 
he shows his actions or you know what he does on the court and the players that he developed. So it's, it's true, just a, way, and, a but, different style. And Bill Self was there last year with Josh Jackson. Just just to be clear, I mean this is yeah yeah sometimes I mean, goes he's there not, too. He's not. He's not. You feel that Calipari might be seeking out the cameras. Yes. I guess you could say. Yeah. No, I agree with that. He, I think he would do um, the same thing over a beer, wouldn't he? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, but so it's just a different way. But I think what so. But, but I think Kentucky got to a point, and and I don't know if it still is, but I and I I've guessed, from what I gather, they got to a point where it became a lot less about Kentucky basketball. And more about the show, like you're going to a concert versus you're going to something to kick off the basketball season. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Where, where I think what Kansas has done, Kansas was all about tradition at late night. I mean, you know just as well as I do. It was, it literally was for a long. It was the same thing every year. You could predict almost what was coming up as you were sitting there. Would you agree? Yes. Um, it, very you know, same thing. So. I think what Kansas has done a, a really good job of here lately is starting to intertwine some of that stuff with the tradition because really that's what the late, late night is about for Kansas. It's about showing the tradition, the history, what the Kansas basketball program means, not only to the players, to the coaches, to the fans that are inside Allen Fieldhouse, but really to the entire area or everybody that is a Jayhawk fan and really try to show that to to recruits and, and to everybody that that's there, um, and I think that they've figured out. Look, times have changed. Kids are different, um, and I they've done a great job of bringing in. You know, we had Tech Nine and Chris Kalinka last year. This year we have a, I don't even know who he is, but that just shows I'm old. Was it Little Yachty? What it Yachty? Little Yachty. Little Yachty. So I'm gonna have to. Uh, I plan to look him up to, to, <laughs> to get some songs there but um and so but you know from what i hear he's a quite popular guy and i think when you have a good mix of that of uh, that tradition with the with that um it, it does pay off and go a long way and look kansas was the first to, they you know people think kentucky which I, I pointed out that memphis is really kind of where it started with the concert kind of atmosphere but Kansas was also the trendsetter of having these videos and all, doing all that and having that production value there to it. Um, I think that they've really moved away from having so many skits and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and I think that's really where I need to go because frankly, it felt sometimes that there was maybe a little too much dead time uh, while you were in there and just keep it moving, keep it exciting for everybody. And I also think that, you know, not having it so late at night pays off. Um, and I think that, you know, opening the doors earlier so people can create more of an atmosphere, get it started. I mean, all of that has really helped. And I think every year they do something to make it a little bit better. And I think to them, it is about the tradition and what is Kansas basketball mixed with a little bit of fun and, and excitement for the younger crowd as well. As someone who's been to a lot of late nights, I agree with all those last points you said, that it has become snappier, it has become um, more efficient, if you will, that the boring parts have been limited, there's been more videos, there's been more acts. But again, this little Yachty thing, I, I just I, I looked him up on Twitter and Google because that's what old men like me and you do. Uh, he does have <laughs> 2 million Twitter followers, so this is not... This is not some nobody. I mean, this is a guy. And then, you know, from the reaction, like I saw Devontae Graham on Twitter was very excited about it. Sima Kailuk was very excited about it. I mean, a lot of the players, you know, from all indications, know this guy and like him and think he's a big deal. And so, again, I, I, 
I, I think that KU does have a good mix. They kind of they're a little bit in a tough spot because I think the late night crowd has always been kind of a family atmosphere because it seems to me because mm-hmm. because it's free because it gets, it's at the beginning of the season it seems like a lot of times parents take their kids it's an event like even if you can't come to another basketball game all year this is the time you can go you know there's plenty of space if you get there early enough it's kind of the one event you can go to without having to buy season tickets but at the same time you want to cater to it's a recruiting night you know you want to cater to these kids that are sitting behind the bench and and the college students and the college students who also are showing up and want to be entertained as well so i agree with you that it's kind of a, a nice balance at this point i mean again you hear little yachty some people i'm sure Think of that and think, oh my gosh, my six-year-old, my eight-year-old's going to be there. What is this guy going to sing and say? But I, you know, after ten or fifteen minutes, when he's done, I think it kind of goes back to the tradition, the videos, all those sorts of things. And it's a really, I think, if you're looking at this from a, a mile-high perspective, it's a very difficult thing to balance here. You kind of have to aim right in the middle to try to cater to both sides. And I think he's done a pretty good job of that over recent years. But I do think it has changed since kind of the Memphis Kentuckys have changed it. That it's become a little bit more of let's cater to these young kids and, and do more what they will like because they're coming to the campus and they could impact the program for many years to come. And not only that, but if you're bringing your six and eight year old, you don't think they know who Lil Yachty is. um, Mm. You're probably wrong because if your kids (laughs) are anything like mine and spend an abundant amount of hours on YouTube. And I I'm convinced my kids have seen every YouTube video ever uploaded ever because there's no way they have it as much time as they spend on it. But uh, I'm surprised. I I was walking today in my neighborhood, and some kid rode by me in his bike with his phone in his hand, and it was playing rap. And he was like nine. I'm like, what is going on? I'm, you know, hey, whatever. But yeah, it was it was hilarious. Yeah, it's crazy. Again, Matt Scott of Twenty Four Seven Sports and the dot com. Before we wrap up, Matt, can you? I I just want to get a summary of this night for Kansas. Um, how important is it in recruiting? I mean, is this the most important night? Is it a somewhat important night? Is it a, a night that has become overblown over time with recruiting? I guess, how, how do you see this night as it comes to, uh, I guess, the whole scheme of recruiting and the whole uh, landscape of recruiting for Kansas and other schools across the nation? To me, late night outside of being able to officially visit for a big game, not not Washburn, yeah. but a big game, um, because I mean, let's be honest. Like, if you were here for the last KU MU game, or, or or you know, name the Kentucky game, or whatever the case may be, those kind of environments to me are second and none because it's all about the game, right? Yep. But if you can visit for late night, that's to me the one time that you can get everything about the Kansas basketball program all wrapped into one one day, one night. Uh, if you officially visit outside of that, you don't get to see Allen Fieldhouse packed. You don't get to see the crowd going crazy. You don't get to see that stuff. Uh, you might see it on a video. You might see it on a television. You might see it on the Jumbotron, whatever. But you're not seeing it in person, so it's different. Uh, so to me, it's huge. A guy like Zion Williamson, we're talking maybe since Wiggins, the most popular YouTube player I'd, I'd have to say he definitely is the most popular YouTube player since Wiggins because Wiggins was, you know, insane on YouTube. Um, and, you know, just his popularity. Everybody knows who he is. You got Drake wearing a Zion high school jersey, for goodness sake, you know, uh, which I heard you're wearing yours tomorrow night, which I think is cool. Uh, <laughs> so that'll be fun to see. Yeah, of course. Uh, but, yeah. But, uh, um, 
to me, it gives it, you know, we're talking about a kid from South Carolina that it, it's a football dominated area, right? Dominated by football. The SEC, when, even South Carolina made the final four, and I bet hardly any of those people in South Carolina remember that. It's football season. It's just different, and that's okay. But for a kid from South Carolina to get to come to Kansas, which, you, you know, he might not ever thought he was going to do that until the last year or so. But to come to Kansas and see what it's like to visit a place that lives and breathes and life is Kansas basketball, but to be able to see it all in one night, I mean, to me, that's got to be a pretty special and pretty awesome thing. Yeah, again, I, I think I'm a, I'm a little offended that they haven't had me officially. <laughs> Uh, I think we, I think both of us have run out of eligibility, and good. That's good for everyone involved with that. I, and, I think, and good knees. Yeah, well, that too. I, uh, I think, I think maybe the word you're looking for is aura. It seems like when Andrew Wiggins was here, I just remember the camp game in the middle of the summer where the cam- the campers were chanting his name. Everyone knew who he was. All those sorts of things. Uh, it just says Andrew Wiggins had an aura, and it seems like. Maybe not to the extent of Wiggins, but that, that Zion Williamson has kind of an aura to him. I mean, there is a little bit just of the feeling like he is a little bit bigger than the game at this point because of the hype, because of all the things surrounding him. I mean, do you kind of get that same sense? Like I said, SI wrote about him uh, already. Yeah, definitely. But he's also, you know, you don't see dudes that cock it back like he does on a You know, you just don't see that. Not only that, but the guy looks like a, a defensive end, does he not? <laughs> I'm sure all those South uh, Carolina people think so, right? Yeah, that's a, what a what a body, what a freak athlete. And every time I watched him, and every time I watch him, I've seen him in person. Every time I watch him on video, my first thought, and I swear to God, this is my first thought: is Andrea Hootie would just make that guy a machine. Yeah, and I don't think about I don't think about him. You know what Coach Self would do. Obviously, those things are great. But my first thought is what Andrew Hootie would do it with him. Yeah, it, it, he would. She would just cut him up and make him so just chiseled and and really an almost an unstoppable force. Where you know with Josh, with Wiggins, with Ubre, uh, those guys all came in skinny. They you know they were very skinny and had to build that up a little bit and and, and get better. We're talking about a guy who's already got that man body. And has that athleticism that she could just kind of mold. It would be fantastic to to really see in person, to be quite honest with you, and, and just to see the transformation. And you know, what people forget with Kelly Ubre. I mean, Kelly Ubre couldn't really get on the court early on, um, and then as we got into January, we're talking about a guy that could barely get on the court. To by the end of the season became a a a, a just fifteen number fifteen pick in the NBA draft. So the development that is done by the coaching staff is certainly tremendous, and I think Coach Hootie really does a lot with that as well. And I think with Zion, boy, she could just make him into some sort of just basketball robot out there that is demolishing everyone. Yeah, it always makes me wonder with the one-and-dones how much you can do, like you said, in an eight- or nine- or ten-month period. But again, uh, Andrea Hootie has the science behind her work, uh, where uses the Sparta technology. You know, she is on, she really is on the cutting edge of what's happening when it comes to uh, training bodies, recovery, all those sorts of things. So that's one of the mm-hmm. major positives that KU has when they're trying to uh, get recruits in and, and talk them 
about talk to them about KU and the positives that it can provide. Well, before we let you go, Matt, can you just talk about some of the uh, – let's just go with 2018, guys. Who do you expect – it can be late-night visitors or not, but who do you expect to make decisions soon? And I guess who are some of the names very quickly that, that KU fans should keep their eye on? Well, I think Devon Dotson's going to be uh, uh, very soon. Um, mm-hmm. you know, his dad has told me that he's going to commit and sign during the early period, so that's certainly someone to take a look at. Um, uh, Quinn Grimes could be pretty early as well. Um, he visits, of course, on the 13th. Um, I think that he's going to make his decision early. Um, it, let's just say I wouldn't be surprised if he waited, but I have a good feeling that he's going to make his decision, you know, during the early period. And, and with Dotson, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it went into the early signing period to when he decided, but I think he might make his decision sooner than later as well. Um, and then let's see who else we got here. Romeo Lankford, but that could be the, the whole thing. The problem is, is the whole thing with the FBI and everything is so new. Yes. We know he's not considering Louisville, but, you know, he might have thought he was going to decide early. And, and what people don't know is New Albany, Indiana, is literally like across the river from Louisville. So if he would have committed to Louisville, it's basically staying home because that's how close it was, right? Yeah, okay. Um, with them being eliminated, um, it, it he could open it up to, to more schools to take a look at if he wanted to or, or – um, he might visit Kansas and decide to, to end it there or Indiana, whatever the case may be, Vanderbilt. Uh, so it would be interesting to see what happens there. So that's kind of an unknown right now. And I think a lot of that's just because it's so early with all this stuff, as you know, Jesse. I mean, it seems like something's happening daily right now that, that uh, adds to it. Um, Zion, I, 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 would, um, I don't think I'm going on a limb and say that's probably going to be the spring. <laughs> yeah. Um, with, with him as well and then um let's see here emmett williams i probably think is the spring um i'm not sure how you know with with kansas getting silvio and, and getting david uh, i think oregon probably is out front for him jermaine harris could be interesting here in early october um he's already made a couple visits uh, west virginia being one west virginia is kind of the runaway leader right now um and a lot of that is uh, his he's got uh, connections to the his high school coaches uh, used to play for one of the West Virginia assistants, so I think he's had a relationship there for a while. Um, he visits on October 6th. He's supposed to visit uh, Miami later in the month as well, but who knows what's going to happen with that. And then he also visits Xavier, uh, Rhode Island. Of course, he's already visited uh, West Virginia as well. Um, but, again, with getting Silvio and David, does it affect him at all? Moses Brown is a guy, big guy, seven foot. I don't know, 12, whatever he is now, the whole <laughs> ball just keep, keep growing. Uh, Moses, uh, I think Maryland probably holds a little bit of an edge, uh, maybe a big edge. And I think that could be ultimately where he decides that Louisville was in there, but I think they've certainly followed out. And again, keep in mind that we've got David and, and we've got Silvio. So that changes a lot of things for some of these kids as well. Yeah. Um, well, and that's probably pretty, pretty much it with those guys that we've talked about. And the Lawson brothers too. I mean, you got to throw them in as part of the class because you have, yeah, yeah. A lot of people, you know, forget to do that, but yeah, you, you, Charlie and the Lawson's, you have to throw them in there because they are part of the class. And uh, I mean, how many teams have a uh, likely lottery pick sitting on the bench? Yeah, and waiting out and getting to learn the system, then we'll be available next year. A guy that's already averaged, what was it, like 19 and 10 in college basketball yeah. uh, when you're talking about Diedrich Lawson, so that's a pretty good. And, and and you could argue that Kansas had two future lottery picks sitting on the bench 
two years in a row because a lot of people think Malik Newman's going to go in the lottery. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to watch to see which guys for KU turn into draft picks and lottery picks and which guys decide to leave school after this year. I mean, there's a lot of, like I said earlier, there's a lot of candidates, so we'll see how it all turns out. Well, Matt, where can they find your stuff? Like I said, there's a, a list of full visitors on your guys' site. Where can they find your stuff and see your work? Well, you can go to the shiver.com. Um, it is uh, very simple. Just spell the and shiver and put them together and then add the dot and com. That's how all the internet works, Jesse. I'm not sure if you know that. Uh, but yeah, just shiver.com or you can check out 247sports.com and then obviously pick your school, which would be Kansas. Uh, check out uh, everything you want to know about basketball recruiting. Um, Kevin Flaherty writes some stuff as well, so I apologize for everybody who has to read that. But uh, <laughs> um, he, no, he writes. He, he's a, he's a, one of our national college basketball guys. He does a great job as well. And then we have like the the guru of everything, Andrew Slater, that chips in a lot nationally and, and with a lot of Kansas stuff. And of course, uh, the Godfather of uh, of uh, really taking a look at and dissecting games of recruits, and that is Jerry Meyer. So uh, we got uh, kind of a a great team, and uh, as you know, we're part of CBS uh, Sports as well, That uh, and we acquired scouts, so we're going to see all that come together here very soon mm-hmm. as well, and it's going to be one big mega thing, and uh, we're going to take over the world. going to dominate the world, basically. <laughs> That's what we're looking to do. Going to take over the world. Yeah, I know Kevin Flaherty from back in college, so you want to talk about me feeling old, too, you know, thinking that that was like 12 or 13 years ago back in our newspaper. You've had to read that stuff that long? Newspaper college days. That guy was all, I mean, he's great college basketball writer now, but that guy was all about football back then and still is all about football. So, uh, yeah, if, I remember him talking. You, anybody, anybody gets a hold of him and you ask him college football, this dude is a walking encyclopedia of college football. It's amazing. Well, I'm telling you, like, he was talking KU football, I believe it was the first year of Mangino in 2003. You know, we're talking like 58 nothing losses to K-State. I mean, you had to be dedicated and really love football to talk college football on that day, and, and Kevin Flaherty was the guy Ooh. to do that. So, yeah, I mean, that's when you're talking football and then those sorts of dark days for Kansas, then uh, you definitely are into the sport for sure. Well, Matt, hey, I appreciate you or taking brainwashed. the time. Oh, yeah, one of the two. Could be, could be either <laughs> one with that. Hey, Matt, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we'll see you at late night, and thanks again for all the insight. Hey, no problem. Thanks a lot for having me. All right, guys. Thanks for checking out the Sports VKC podcast. Be sure to tune in for another episode next week.